And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. The title of our sermon is God's Proposal to You in 2022. I have an exhibit because I want you to see what is God's proposal to you. God's proposal to you in 2022, and the proposal is this right here. What shall I do for you? Tell me. Yeah, God's proposal to every one of you here today, and those of you who are looking, it's what shall I do for you? Tell me. And you might be saying, Pastor, where are you going with this? This particular phrase was taken exactly from 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2. Let's get to it quickly. If you can turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2, so we can read the text where this particular phrase was taken from. When you get it, say amen. Praise the Lord. 2 Kings chapter 4, Verse 2, it reads, And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. This is God's proposal to every one of you here this morning and those of you who are looking. God sent me January 2nd, 2022 to tell you, What shall I do for you, tell me. This is a father reaching out to his children, telling them, what can I do for you? Tell me. And the reason why I've been asking God, what's going on? Brothers and sisters, I'm not sure if you've realized, the devil has intensified his efforts. On Friday night, I told you, old, old years night service, that the crime rate has increased over 30% in 2021 and it continued to soar in 20. Sorry, in, it increased by 30% in 2020 and it continued to soar, to soar sorry, in 2021. Just yesterday I was looking at the news and they cited at least 15 to 20 cities where the crime rate spiked. And, and hear me carefully, the de because of the devil has intensified his efforts, God wants to intensify his efforts through the church. So he sent me to tell you what, <laughs> it's right here, what shall I do for you, you tell me. And be very careful what you tell God. Be very careful. Think about it. I've told God exactly what I want him to do for us as a church. I said, God, I need you to make our church be a pioneer in the end time revival. There's going to be a great falling away, brothers and sisters. The Bible says it. There's going to be a great falling away. Christians are going to get discouraged. Mm? Christians are going to get overwhelmed. While the devil is, is intensifying his efforts, some of us are going to be overwhelmed and we are going to lose our fire. 
Are you getting? Are you are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us are going to be overwhelmed, and we are going to lose our fire while the devil intensifies his efforts. God wants to know from you and I what can He do for us with respect to propelling His kingdom forward. Yes, we have personal needs. We all have personal needs where things we want God to deal with and address. But I'm talking about on the large scale where the kingdom of God is concerned. What can God do for you that can help you propel his kingdom forward? God, this is God talking to us as the body of Christ through Elisha. Don't think it's only Elisha speaking. Elisha is God's representative. The woman from that story, she didn't have a Bible. Mm -hmm. So she went to God's representative. Since we have more than God's representative, we have the written word of God. We have the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Plus we have God's representative. Are you with me, saints? We got more than she had. God sent me to tell you this morning. This is his proposal. What shall I do for you? You tell me. You tell God. You tell God what exactly you want him to do for you. The story in 2 Kings chapter 4, many of you know, the story is about a woman who found herself in a state of helplessness. Her husband was a prophet. The Bible says in verse 1, he was... She was married to the son to one of the sons of the prophets, one of the major prophets, the prophets in training. One of the major prophets training the son of the prophets was Elisha. And so her husband was a prophet in training. Today we would call him a, an elect prophet. Amen. He was not yet ordained or consecrated. He was called the son of a prophet he was in training he died and left her with no resources to pay off the debt they had incurred while he was alive consequently we are told that the creditors came to enslave her two sons for payment of the debt amen they had to work until the debt was paid off typically during that time it was for seven years and was and sometimes, brothers and sisters, the truth be told, according to some Bible scholars, it was not only for seven years. Some of these people spent their entire lifetime in slavery trying to pay off a debt. And someone asked me recently, Pastor, does the Bible support slavery? Because it's mentioned all over the Bible. Now, let me make it abundantly clear. The Bible does not advocate slavery. God has never in the past or will ever in the future advocate slavery. You say, Pastor, what I'm talking about, let me show you. Can you go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 10? Since you asked, somebody asked me because it's in the Bible. We read it all the time. Amen. And one thing we have to do since we've got to, we have, we have to realize when the Bible is giving a historical account from a commandment. Let me say that again. When you read the Bible, we have to differentiate between a historical account and what is a commandment. Not because God mentioned it. It means that he endorses it. 
The Holy Ghost is just giving us an account as to what happened back then. Amen. So since you asked, let me show you where God does not advocate this type of heinous action. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, we are told the law was created for lawless people. And the text went on to name who these lawless people were. Let us start from verse 9. Let's go to verse 9 quickly. Verse 9 says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. But for whom? The lawless and disobedient. He's going to list who lawless people are and who disobedient people are. He says, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane people, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers. Let's go to verse 10. Here it comes. Can you go to verse 10? For, for whoremongers, for them that defy themselves with mankind. Here it is. For men stealers. Men stealers, this is a Greek word for slave owners. Slave dealers. The Bible says if you engage and you support slavery, you are lawless. Men stealers here mean things you ask. I'm just making it clear to you. Amen? Somebody asked me. I want to make it clear. Because I know they're quite, I have spoken with a lot of people who said, I don't want to have anything to do with Christianity. Don't talk to me about the Bible. The Bible encourages slavery. And I have to say, my brother, you were taught wrong. You see God delivering a mother and her two sons from that behavior. He's right there because he's showing us he's not in support of that behavior. And so, I am, for my brothers and sisters who are looking, I know none of us in this church, none of us in this church, you know, believes God supports that. But for those of you who are looking, and you're thinking, does God support it? And many of you who have asked, does God support it? And those of you who doesn't want to have anything to do with Christianity because you think the Bible supports it, right here the Bible calls it a lawless deed. It's people who are lawless and disobedient who do that. It's people who are lawless and disobedient who believes in that and supports it. Can we move forward? I think this is making some of you uncomfortable. Let me move on here. Some of you are silent. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay, brothers and sisters. It breaks my heart. Sometimes I'm at the barber shop or elsewhere and, uh, and people hit it. People just don't want to hear about Christianity. There's a group. There's a certain group here in Tallahassee. And uh, whenever I encounter them, I open the Bible. They don't want to hear the Bible because they believe God. And so we have to tell those of you who are listening. God has never been in support of that. God gave, listen to me, God gave ten commandments. Somewhere, somehow, men tampered and tweaked and tugged and pulled 612 commandments from the 10 commandments God gave. How do you get 612 from 10 God gave? And one of the laws they came up with was, it was right for a children to pay the debts of their parents if, it, if they have to be enslaved. Men came up with that. It wasn't God. Are we clear on that? So God came and met men in that mess. God did not come. Listen to me, brother. God did not come to cite a physical revolution. God came to change the hearts of people who will change the community. That's what he came to do. 
Uh, <laughs> so God is not, let me move on here. I think you get the point. I think you get the point. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Your heart has to be deceitful and desperately wicked to support slavery. And so that's what you see happening in God's community. Among the Jews, God's people, enslaving one another. And they think it's right. And God had to take upon himself human flesh to stop it. <laughs> and so the Bible says the creditors came. Second Kings chapter 4. Can you go to verse 1? Verse 1 reads, Now because of the way the text is written, some scholars seem to think that the creditors did come. They came to pick up her children and she said, please, can you wait? Can you give me some time? Can I get some time? Can I buy some time to go get your money? And that is when she ran to Elijah, screaming and hollering, saying the creditors, it reads, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, your servant, my husband, the prophet in training, the elect prophet, is dead. And thou knowest that your servant, the elect prophet, fear God. And the creditors, you see how it's, you see how it's written? Is come. Some commentators believe they came for her sons. And she begged them to give her some time to get to recuperate the money. To take unto him my two sons to be what? Bondsmen. She cried unto Elisha. She came hollering. On the Friday we said the word cried means to shriek. Can you imagine? Your two sons. Just put yourself in a place. Your two sons. Some creditors came. To put your two sons in chains. Take them to their field. And work to pay up that debt. You think you put yourself in her place. She came screaming. God sent me to tell you brothers and sisters. Some of the challenges that you're going through in 2022 and 2021. Nobody's coming to save you but him. Nobody can save you from some of these challenges but God. Not your father, not your mother, not your sister. Some deliverance only can be gotten by God. And so God sent me to tell you, no one is coming but him. No one can but him. How many of you heard the phrase, but God? <laughs> if it had not been for the Lord, <laughs> tell me where would I have been? But God, not my friend, not my family member. For that matter, family member said, let him die, let her die. You know, that's a... can somebody say, but God, Joseph told his brothers, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God, <laughs> oh, glory be to you. He said, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people. Can you say, but God, King Abimelech took Abraham's wife, Sarah, and placed her in his harem. Harem, that's, the, that's how you pronounce it, right? Harem. He took the man's wife 
placed her in his harem to be next in line to satisfy his passion. Genesis chapter 20 verse 3 says, But God came to Abimelech. Can you say, But God? But God came to Abimelech in a dream and said, If you touch her, you're a dead man. Uh, can you say, But God? We said on Friday, never forget the God factor. But God, he'll make a way. That's why he sent me to tell you today. Tell me what you want me to do. Tell me. What can I do for you? Tell me. You know, what's happening is we Christians, we've been distracted over the years because of personal needs. You hear me? Many of us, we've been distracted because of personal needs. And because of that, we cannot propel and push the gospel as should. Because, uh, hear me, we have needs. Some of you, I know, I know you have good needs. That's okay. But some of us have needs. Some, there are some things affecting us and it's distracting us. It's distracting us. We have the wrong perspective. Are you with me, saints? And God wants that dealt with so we can take you of the kingdom. So he sent me to tell you, what do you want me to do? Tell me. Let's deal with it. Put it aside. And let's start to push the kingdom of God forward in 2022. What do you need? A new house. A spouse. Healing. Favor. What do you need? Tell me, God says. Tell me. So we can move forward. Let's get rid of that distraction. What's preventing you from serving God as should? What is it? Because the kingdom of God has to be propelled forward. The devil has intensified his efforts. And we as a church, we need to step up our game. We need to step up our game in 2022. Lest the devil overtakes us. 10 cities, 10 to 15 cities. Look last, last night quickly. Took a quick peek at the news. 10 to 15 cities. Crime just spiked. And you have one party blaming another party. For the reason. Well if the Democrats did this. There wouldn't be any problems. If the Republicans did this. That would not happen. I know some of you are quiet right. You're quiet. You, you know you out there you talk about it. You see, we talk about it in 2022. Listen to me, I'm not holding back nothing. We did that for years and see where we are. We hide and didn't talk about it as should and see where we are. You need to put light on darkness. Let me say that softly. You need to put light on darkness because the Bible says men love darkness rather than light. Amen. We talk about different parties in darkness mm -hmm. and try to blame one another. Brothers and sisters, there's only one demon to blame and that's the devil. He's the one that's responsible for the spike in crime everywhere. We are all children of God, whether you're Democrat or Republican or Independent. We are all children of God. And we got to sense this is church. We've got to become real. Real. We got to put God first. Talk about God's business. 
and then whatever falls on the side, that's okay. Can you see what the devil is doing? You can see what he's doing. And God sent me to tell you in 2022, he wants to use us as a church to help correct that and push back. That's why I'm asking you to work with us when we work. When we start praising God, when our praise change, mm, like we did this morning, when, our, when there is a shift in praise and worship, you and I just need to flow with God. Amen. Don't come with your own agenda. I no longer come church with my own agenda. When I leave that office and I'm walking, you, you, you have no idea the testimonies I get when we praise God like we do. People call and say, Pastor, thank you. Such and such God healed. People who are looking get delivered. Favor. Breakthrough for them. You never know while you sit in church looking, looking like I came for some. Who gives a rip about your agenda or my agenda? We came to exalt God. My agenda doesn't matter. It's God's agenda that matters. Souls out there dying. People need help. Hospitals are filled. Why can't you take a bottle of oil and walk and pray up there? It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when I see we Christians backing down and cowering for the devil. Now is not the time to do that sins. Now is not the time. When I leave this office and I'm walking to the, sanct to the sanctuary, this is my prayer. Father, these are your people. This is your agenda, not my agenda. I want you to take over in whatever way you so desire. That's my prayer when I'm walking up here. This is, my, this is not about me. I am just a blip on your timeline. Just a blip. But if that blip can be sensitive to you. So that your gender can be glorified. Then that's alright with me. <laughs> Only one person is coming. Only one person can save us. In 2022. Jesus Christ, but God, but God, and you got to do what you got to do to get God's agenda. She came hollering, screaming. The word cry here means that word cry. Can you go back to verse one? That, you know, we just read these words, but when you begin to overturn every word, you overturn every word and go back in the Hebrew and see what they mean. It blows your mind. This word cried here means she fell apart. She unraveled and she came screaming and saying, man of God, please. You see. It just cried here. But that lady came apart in the presence of the man of God. And see God. We said God is a God of compassion and love. And you see compassion flowing from Elisha to her. Mm, you know what she could have done, Mr. Grover? She could have stayed home and said, well, it's God's will. <laughs> you know, God allowed it. Hear me, one of the terms that's, hear me carefully, one of the terms that is, Lord, I'm looking for a word, a nice word. There's a word that comes to my mind, but it's not a nice word. One of the words in Christendom that was coined by the devil to make us weak is God allowed. 
Yeah, we use it as an, we always use, well, God allowed it. So if God allowed it, I'm not going to fight it. Yeah, yeah. We, that's a word of enablement. It makes us weak. And because of that, Christians don't fight back. Well, well God allow, God allow what? Can you see Jesus came? Jesus came, sat on a stone in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Healed everybody. God sent an angel to touch the water so somebody can get healed. God allowed what? What did God allow? It gets Christians, it gets Christians sissified. That's what it does. God allowed. And so if God allowed it, I'm not going to fight. Because God allowed it. God allowed cancer, so I'm not going to fight cancer. She could have said, well, God allowed my children to go into slavery and, you know. Yeah, no, but she didn't because she knows better. She knows the heart of God. Amen. She came unraveled in the presence of God. We have, in, in the next two weeks, we're starting a 40-day fast. I'm saying this because we have to do what we have to do to get God's attention. She got God's attention when she humbled herself and broke down in the presence of Elisha. We are going to fast for 40 days. And brothers and sisters, I'm asking you as a church to fast for 40 days as we ask you to. Let me say that again. To f if you're a member of Imitators of God Ministries, we, you need to trust us that we heard from God. Amen. And fast. Don't you do, don't you come saying, well, they're fasting. You know, I, no. Every time Jesus came, every time it was written in the Bible, he came in the power of the spirit. He fasted and prayed before. Every time it mentions that what preceded the power of the spirit was praying and fasting. It will change a church. It will, it will, it will change circumstances and situations. But I, listen, I have some testimonies about, about fasting and praying. You will not believe. <laughs> Jesus did it. He's our master. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, these are, these are tools God has given us to get his attention, to see his glory manifest. So when we decide to fast in the next 40 days, I'm asking you to join. Not in the next 40 days, in the next week or two. 40 solid days. And because it's 40 days, we'll make it palatable. We'll make it nice for you. Is that all right? Amen. We'll make it. We'll make it nice because it's forty days. It's not twenty-one days. It's a long time. Amen. Let me give you two more points before I and I, I'm looking. I'm on page two. I got fifteen pages. Let me give you two more points from this particular story. Elisha asked her, "What?" do you want me to do for you tell me she said i have nothing in the house right then she backed up and she said i have a pot of oil this is what god sent me to tell you this morning you have what you need already <laughs> you already got it you got it ask god to give you the revelation knowledge to see it 
most times when we are in a state of helplessness, it gets clouded. We don't think right because we are in survival mode. And that's what the devil always wants us in survival mode. Because when you're in survival mode, visibility is typically a couple yards. And metaphor metaphorically speaking, that is. Amen? Even if you turn your high beams on, visibility, when the fog comes down, just a couple yards, and that's how the devil wants us. He doesn't want us to see ahead. If you realize that you have what you need, ask God to show it to you and ask him to bless it. Notice what the, the, no, boy, you know, I got to, I'm rushing this sermon and that's not right. Because I got so much to share with you. The Bible says, in the absence of Elisha, the oil multiplied. Was Elisha there? No, no, no. Let me say, was Elisha there when the oil multiplied? No, he said to her, what do you have? She said, I have a pot of oil. He said, go get vessels, not a few. Then he said, fill the vessels. Was he there when she was pouring the oil? <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. He, he wasn't there, right? He was not there, but the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of God. God tell me if you take what you have and you place it in his hands. <laughs> there was a guy who, there was a, Jesus was preaching. And there was a young man who had a kid's meal. I said a kid's meal. Five loaves and two fish. He took it, he placed it in the hands of Jesus. Five loaves and two fish fed almost 20,000 people. Because he placed the little he had in the hands of God. I want to preach this sermon, but I don't have time. Oh, God. You have, Mr. Grover, you have what you want. You have what you need. If you say, what am I talking about? Ask God to open your eyes. Ask him, Lord, I heard your word. She, the woman, thought she had nothing. I am saying I have nothing. And it looks like I have nothing. Can you open my eyes? Sometimes you need to ask God to do that. Can you open my eyes? Psalms 1, 19 verse 18. David prayed. He said, open thou mine eyes that I may behold. Psalms 1, 19 verse 18. That I behold what? <laughs> oh, I pray that prayer and I say, Father, open my eyes that I may behold all the good things you've given me. But I got some good things in me. I just cannot see it in the natural. But I got some good things in me. You got some good things in you. But you just cannot see it in the natural. Don't let the devil, don't you get so discouraged and distracted. And miss what you have. You've got some good things in you. You're a powerhouse. Your mind doesn't know that. Your mind needs to, re our minds need to be renewed of that reality. But in the spirit. Oh God, I give you praise. In the spirit, in your spirit. You have the spirit of the son of God. And the Bible says the same power, Ephesians chapter 1, that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You've got some power. It won't work until you believe it. It won't work until you believe it. You, 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 it will not work for you. You hear me? It will not work for you until you believe. Man, I really got raising from the dead power in me. And I can change my situation. 
I can change me first. I can do what change me first. This is the problem. The problem is we focus on the wrong thing. That's it. You know when you take a magnifying glass. It, what, it, it, what, it makes it. Yes. That's what. You, yeah, that's what. What you focus on expands. When you start to focus on the good thing you have inside of you. You start walking like a peacock. But. Hold on. <laughs> not, look, not, not externally. Less people call you pompous. But internally. You know you got it going on. You know I'm a son of God. Oh, I'm in fellowship with God. Holy nation. Royal priesthood. I know I got it going on. I know I got it going. I got some good things in me. Don't look at my body. Don't look at my clothes. Don't look at where I live. I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I just need to align myself with the purposes of God. Because God sent me to tell you, you have what you need. Can you say, I have what I need? Can you, can you say, I have what I need? I have what I need. For 2022, I have what I need. I have what I need. God, open my eyes. So I can have. More of you. More of you. More of you. You know, I was, I was doing this story last night, Joe. And I got up, began to walk. And the tears came to my eyes. Because I kept saying, God, we have what we need for real. But we've been so distracted. The devil has us on the run. Like a puppet on the string. We haven't got time to expose our mind to God's word. Now, let me not say we don't have the time. We do not make the time. We have the time for everything else. Now, don't let me go there now. We have the time for everything else. I told, I shared with the saints on Friday evening that I went ahead and scoured the Bible for a text to teach. Because I knew this year was going to be a very special year. Now, I could take anything to teach. You open the Bible and you get a word. But I am sharing with you, God gave me this text for us. For this year. I have, I have, I have preached from that text before, but not like that. The things I saw, the revelation God gave me this year, I never taught it before. And so I know God gave us this text to carry us through 2022. God wants you to know. He's asking you, tell me what you want. Tell me, what can I do for you? Tell me, let's get the distractions out of the way. So we can get about our father's business. Let's get the distractions out of the way. Notice what, notice, notice, and I'm done. My final point, Lord have mercy. I'm going to share this with you. Hear me very carefully. For some of you who hear that, it's going to happen. The Bible says after she sold the oil, she had enough money to pay off her debts and do what? Live on the rest for the rest of her life. I had never seen that. God said to me, this year could be a year of rest. 
abakando. This she, one one from the Lord gave enough money to clear the distractions. She had enough money to live on for the rest of her life so she could focus on kingdom business. It'll happen for you this year. It'll happen for you. <laughs> Go to verse 7. It's one thing to say it, but let's read it. Uh-huh. Verse, uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 7. And I'm going to end it here. I got so much to share with you since I'm just, I'm just jumping from point to point. I got 15 pages. <laughs> it says here, then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and do what? And do what? Leave thou and thy children under rest. This year could be a year of rest for you. <laughs> ah, God. This year, ma'am, could be a year of rest for you. Uh-huh. You didn't come here by chance. You needed to hear that. Kebo Sata. This year can be a year of rest for you. Don't leave this on the pages of the Bible. Let me share this with you. Don't you leave this story on the pages of the Bible. I need you to leave it out. Make it real in your life. This year, Mr. Grover, can be a year of rest. Pay off all your debts. Have enough to live on the rest. Yes, a year of rest. Do you know what it is if we have five people here during the day? We, we plop a sign out there saying stop for prayer. Let me see. Stop for prayer out here. It's been on my mind since 2010. Since we came into this building. It's been on my heart. My wife and I have been talking about it. What if God would put it in somebody's heart? To put a big sign. You see because we don't know. In, in the past I've asked people to do things. And because I asked it always fell through. Let me say that again. I have been to. Let me look down. I have been to certain church people. And ask them. To do something. I didn't come through. And so I say, God, I'm going to wait you to put it on their hearts. Are you with me? Because I went to my pastor. I went to my pastor. I said, Pastor, I know this the church needs this, this, this. Where can I serve? He said, Son, thank you for coming. You're God sent. You serve here. And I serve like a Hebrew slave in that particular area. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking, what if we have five retired people in here? People who have enough money to live on the rest. You put a sign here, stop for prayer for two hours and three or four of you in here. You know the amount of persons that would stop in this building. Come here and when you pray, things begin to happen. They start telling people. But because we got to work. And working is good. Let me say, say working is good. Yeah, the Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Praise the Lord. The Bible says as a man, if you cannot provide for your own, you are worse than an infidel. Well, let me. So the Bible is something else. So work is good. But what if God provides an opportunity where you have enough to take care of your bills? How many of you would love that in 2022? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be, yeah. 2022 can be a year of rest. Think of what you can do for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Think about it. God has given many of you business opportunities. What are you doing with it? Many of you can walk away and trust God. Let me say that again. 
it, it, it got quiet in here. Walk away. I got insurance to pay. <laughs> Glory be to God. <laughs> Let me give you the scripture first. The last one. The last one before I leave. She asked the man of God. God she, she cried, fell apart. The man of God said to her, "What can I do for you? Tell me." And he followed it up with another question: "What do you have in your house? In this temple, what do you have?" <laughs> In this temple, what do you have? What do you have in your house? And the Lord said to me, vessel, vessel, like in temple. What? He asked me, what do you have in your house? That's why, brothers and sisters, I'm convinced sometimes we do not know what we have. He asked because you see the Bible says in, mm, I think it's, help me Holy Spirit. Is it First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9? It says that we are laborers together. Notice the money didn't just fall from heaven. See if it's First Corinthians or it's a while I haven't gone to that one. First Corinthians 3 9 or Second Corinthians 3 9. I know it's 3 9. <laughs> it says, For we are laborers together with whom you are God's husbandry. Mm, First Corinthians, what you got it? It's coming. Praise the Lord. 3 9. For we are laborers together with you are God's husbandry. You are God's. Because we are laborers together, Elijah said, God told her, What can I do for you? Then he asked her, What do you have? Because we're in this together. It's not only me, 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 me. Are you with me? It's not only me, 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 it is you and I. We labor us together with God. Oh God, I give you praise. Yeah, yeah. When you join God, you got to roll up your sleeves to work. I'm going to end it. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. But I think you got what God is trying to say. For 2022. Number one. The God factor, but God. Nobody's coming but God. Number two, you've got what you need. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? You've got what you need. You need to open up. Just has got to give you revelation knowledge. And Lord, show me. Show me the business opportunity. You, you know, you, you gave me that, des that desire for me to work for myself. You gave it to me. You gave it to me. You gave it to me. And so you must have the resources available somewhere. You must have people in place. Why do I want to work for myself? It's because you gave that and gave me that desire. Because you want me to be free to do kingdom business. And then lastly, not lastly though. I have other points but I don't have the time. This year could be a year of rest for you. Could be. Notice I didn't say this is the year of rest because you got to get involved. Yeah, you can stay home all day and say, This is a year of rest for me. The, from January <laughs> to December. This is a year of rest for me. And do nothing about do nothing about it. All you'll end up with on December 20, December 31st, 2022. This is a year of rest for me. <laughs> Because we got to get involved. Yeah, yeah, you got to be part of your deliverance.
Father, we give you praise. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.